Hello and welcome to another episode of 52 and 52. I'm Anthony. I'm Josh. And this is a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today's episode is about The Nice Guys, the new buddy cop movie from Shane Black, uh, also writer of Iron Man 3 and uh, a couple other pretty popular movies. Kiss Kiss um, Bang Bang, Lethal Weapon. Probably not so 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 new of a movie at this point by the time this podcast gets out. Though. Yeah, yeah. Josh was uh, out of town in Europe and I was in Gainesville studying. And I so I saw this movie about three weeks ago and I think Josh saw it a couple of days ago. When was the last time you could say that, that I was doing something <laughs> that wasn't studying and you were studying? Like, how often does that happen? Uh, I'd say <laughs> that was probably the first, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I described it as a buddy cop movie. I, I think that's a good description, right? I mean, except neither of them are cops, and one of them's not even really a cop at all. One of them's sure, only we, a cop, I mean, but I, 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 get, I get the yeah, idea, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so it, it takes place in the 1970s. Uh, we're not going to do a spoiler section because there's really only one like minor plot detail that could be spoiled. So we're just going to talk about it, and we'll try to avoid anything that you know that you wouldn't really want to know. But it, what what we're going to talk about isn't really going to take anything away if you haven't seen the movie. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, so it stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, and yeah, I mean they they basically are. You know, they they end up becoming buddy cops, and they're like tracking a conspiracy theory, and it's sort of like a comedy action movie, and and that's sort of the path it goes along. Uh, so, Josh, did you like the Nice Guys? This is this is like this is an action comedy. Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty. Yeah. Okay, no, I, was, I was making reference to our argument about Keanu, um, but uh, no, I, I really like this movie, and um, I think that. Uh, probably more, probably more for the comedy part of it than the action part of it. Even though I thought the action scenes were well done, but I just I, I laughed throughout, and I think it's uh to to set it up a little more. It's that Russell Crowe plays an an enforcer named Jackson Healy, who's um hired by uh, a a young girl named Amelia to uh get a guy off her back that's been following her, and the guy that's been following her. Is we should say Amelia is played by our girl Margaret Qualley from The Leftovers great, and great, great um, casting. Yes, and uh, good on. I think she's like has other movies in the works too. So like good on like the Hollywood for like figuring out that like she's actually good on a TV show enough to like be in movies. But it also helps when your mom is like a well known actress as well. But uh um but anyway, sorry to get sidetracked on that. But yes, yeah, so Ryan Gosling's character Holland March, a detective, is. Of following her and the situ the the circumstances that lead to like why he was following her in the first place are probably maybe even more convoluted than the ultimate resolution and of the movie itself. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, because like it, it is a little complicated as to like what the ultimate uh, big conspiracy that they have to figure out in the end is. But like, it tracks. You get to think about it for a little longer than you might like to do. But the, the reason why he's following her in the first place is just like, all right, this is just kind of nuts, and it takes up a lot of the movie. And some of the scenes are actually kind of funny that deal with that. But it's, at the same time, it's just like. Uh, this is a lot of work just to get to explain why he's following her, but he is following her, and Russell Crowe goes after him and tries to stop him, and uh, but then they find out that she might be in danger, so then they have to team up to find her, and they end up going on little trips all around L.A., uh, accompanied by uh, Holland's daughter, whose name's Holly, and... Um, she inexplicably like follows them around to like a lot of really shady places of LA, but it's also kind of funny at the same time. And she's 
and yeah, hijinks just kind of ensues throughout the movie. And um, I laughed a lot, but I think your, your main criticism to me, which is what I kind of disagreed with, so I'd like to hear you first explain it, was that you thought it was um, a little overrated and that nothing happened. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I want to know what you mean by nothing happened because that was your big thing, which I I disagreed with. Even if I thought that there, I it wasn't like I thought it was a flawless movie. I mean, so Josh and I saw a movie maybe eighteen months ago, last January, called Inherent Vice, and this movie. I think that's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie, the Inherent Vice, was basically a movie about like this dude who's like on drugs and it's. Nothing makes sense and it's super incoherent, but the point is to be incoherent and that's all good and well. And I don't think Josh and I – I mean it was whatever. We didn't hate it, but it was – I really didn't like it. I might have even it, fallen asleep for yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, it was, it was way too long and whatever. And so that movie is also like – takes place in the 70s and is sort of similar to this movie in just sort of like tone and uh, setting. And I don't know. This movie is super well-reviewed and it's got a great cast obviously and Shane Black is pretty popular and and he's done things that I've liked. I just uh, – I don't know. I mean I thought that it was coherent enough but it wasn't like fully coherent. I mean you said it tracks but it really is – it's not even like a movie that's like, oh my god, it's intellectual. You need to think about it. It just doesn't – it just kind of goes – to not make sense just to not make sense and they don't really go full incoherent like Inherent Vice did and they don't go full like serious drama so then it's just sort of in between and I don't know I mean I laugh but I'll even say I laughed more at Everybody Wants Some than I did at this um this movie was funny but I think one of the problems for me was going back to it's something we talked about on the Deadpool podcast was majority of the funny moments in this movie were in the trailer and so it really kind of took it away from the movie, like especially the scene where he's throwing like the, the shotgun or the pistol out the window when they're in that like shootout in the house. Yeah, that, 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 that was completely that, ineffective because it was in the trailer. Yeah, I think so. I laughed at some of the stuff that was in the trailer again, and I watched that trailer a lot. But the, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think, no. I think, I'm I think, not I think, saying I think that, that I didn't laugh. No, it but, just wasn't no, but as I, good. I, I agree with you on that gun thing though. The the gun thing, I, I just, I, I, you saw coming from a mile away, and I guess even like the thing where he's like punching through the glass, like I laughed at that again. Uh, I don't, I guess because you maybe saw a little bit more of the aftermath than you did in the trailer, so sure. that's kind of why that worked a little bit. But the, yeah, the gun thing, it was just like I knew it was coming twenty seconds before it happened, so it didn't work. But I, I definitely laughed at like a lot more other stuff, and I think. I mean, I just mo- don't think there's any consequence to the plot at all. Nothing happens, and even at the end, it's like okay, big bad guy, and then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like nothing they did mattered in the grand scheme of the world. So it's like, maybe it's like commentary. No, this is the seventies. This is how it is. Like whatever. But I don't know. It just was underwhelming to me for a conclusion and something that's so that I had high expectations for. Yeah. I mean like they, without getting into a lot of details, I mean, they, the, 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 one of the MacGuffins is this, this film throughout the movie. I'm going to details about about the film, but I guess it, we don't see a lot of what the consequences might be. If you're trying to say this is a alternate universe and we don't really know what these big companies that are involved um, in, in the big conspiracy, if, if, if we're saying this is an alternate universe in which those companies aren't companies that exist today, then maybe there is some consequence to them. Just, it just happens off screen and we don't see it. Uh, I, I would say that I didn't leave. I wasn't, I, I wasn't bothered being left by it because I thought a lot of what the movie was getting at throughout was just saying how, D- dumb the existence of uh, Holland March was and how he does all these cases that really mean absolutely nothing 
And it is weird that then he actually takes on a case of consequence and it somehow ends up meaning nothing. But it was just like, I, because they were just doing all these tasks throughout the movie, it seems like they were like they were doing stuff. And I agree what you're saying. Yes, maybe you don't see a bunch of big consequences, but they are doing stuff throughout the movie. Like stuff happens, even if maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, of course, like stuff happens that's you know what i mean by when i say that it's just well okay some movies you watch and I, I, there's just no substance to it yeah but i mean i thought that the substance is just watching these two guys have fun I yeah mean, i mean i think like, it ends like, up being say, more same like, with like same with like you just brought up everybody wants them like there's not a lot of consequence to that but you just like hanging out with those people for a while and watching yeah, them yeah i mean they, they, maybe I, they're dealing with some serious things in their lives and identity and a little bit of that but in, in here, it's like, I mean, there is a little bit of that, too, that they get at. It might not work for you, as, and it, might, it probably wasn't even the part of the movie that worked that much for me. But you're seeing Russell Crowe have to deal with, like, his existence and whether or not, like, he is actually, like, I mean, it's a little on the nose where the girl keeps asking him, are you a good person? Are you a good person? And he's having yeah, to think about a it. A little but, on the nose. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it, I mean, it's not like it's not trying to do anything well, of consequence. Well, it, it's played for laughs, and the thing is, like, I feel like the characters are, they don't, they're at the same place at the end of the movie that they were at the beginning. And I don't really feel like there was any kind of like evolution because of what they went through. And I think part of that is because nothing really happened in the plot. I mean, Russell Crowe drinks again, and that's literally it. Everything else is the same. Like we get this kind of interesting backstory about Gosling and his daughter and his wife in their old house, but it's just sort of there on the side and really not, I don't want to say it's not developed. It's just because it's not, they don't dive into it. So they well, don't you could give, argue. give it a chance to develop. So then it just sort of ends up being a character piece about these two guys who end up really not changing because of their time together. They just people sort of end up hanging out now. Do people have to change, though, if the movie does a good job of developing who these characters are? I mean, I mean is, that something, is that something you need to get out of me? Do, you need, do the characters have to have learned something? And I think you could that's say, what you movies could... are for most of the time are stories, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I feel like maybe I'm thinking more about TV shows because a lot of TV shows have a, that as a recurring theme. Is even questioning the fact do do people have the capacity to change in the first place? Whether you look at something like Mad Men, it's Don Draper just kind of continuously falling back into his own ways, or The Sopranos, or something like that. Okay, and, and, yeah. a, and a lot of a lot of comedies just are kind of this characters don't really develop that much in some, and some they do. So it's like in a in a movie, like I don't. If you only have two hours, do you really need? Do you have to? I feel like there are examples of a lot of movies where it's just like the point of it isn't necessarily to watch that person change. It's just to watch them take on some kind of um, challenge and just see if they can overcome it. Maybe they learn something about themselves in the process. And, and that's fine if it left you feeling a little unfulfilled. But I think that it wasn't something that I left it. I felt like I was being cheated at the end. I just I, I saw these guys dealing with some serious stuff. I saw and I really laughed my ass off most of the time just seeing them be goofy at the same time. And Maybe it's just because that other stuff worked more for me. I just wasn't left feeling as bothered by what else the movie might have been lacking, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it it absolutely makes sense. I think that it's just – the movie is funny and I laughed. I just – I I don't know. It just – like you said, oh. it was a little underwhelming and right, – well, go ahead. Oh, no, because I, I, you, you mentioned Inherent Vice and I forgot to comment on that when you yeah. mentioned it. And I was like really scared when you mentioned that at first because like, – uh, I think when I was on my trip, like I didn't have great internet access, but you like you had texted me, and I, we only communicated a few times while I was gone. And you you dropped that inherent vice <laughs> comparison to me, and that like just had me worried for the next ten days because I was so excited about this movie. And I think you're spot on about the setting. I mean, it's it's late seventies detective, Los Angeles, all all that, and and so th- that's that's there for sure. But I think. Um, 
part of the thing with Inherent Vice, it's not all the movie's fault. Part of it's my fault because I didn't understand that that was supposed to be the point of the movie, that you weren't supposed to be able to follow it and because that's just the way that Thomas Pynchon writes his books apparently and you just have to accept it. So I was sitting there worried the entire time that why I wasn't understanding what was going on, not knowing that I wasn't supposed to understand what was going on. So that's, that was partly on me. But I think uh, here, like like you said, it wasn't as convoluted of a plot, even if parts of it were still. So that made it a little hard, easier to follow. But I think this is going for laughs with the more. And when it does, it's probably getting them a little bit more, at least for me, than maybe Inherent Vice is just a different vibe. People on a different wavelength yeah. than me. And maybe that worked for them. But at least for me... I was just laughing so much more at here that I was just staying engaged, even if I didn't know exactly every little thing that was going on with the plot, although I did follow it more. So I thought that was in some ways an apt comparison because that movie is just a lot of people riding around Los Angeles doing stuff. And like, there, I mean, it's probably a little more drug druggy than this one yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. There are some stuff like that here. But I just wanted to point out that I thought that that was an apt comparison in some ways for you. I just thought that um, this movie did, did such a better job of at least keeping me engaged and at least my whole theater engaged. I don't really like, I, I think our, the reactions of our friends were, I don't remember what they were when we left the inherent vice theater. We saw that one in a pretty large group. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, here, like at least my whole theater really seemed into it. So I thought the movie, if you're going to really just kind of go for that stream of consciousness type thing, you need to find a way to keep the audience engaged. And I thought that's part of what the nice guys did, uh, really well. What, what did you think of the, of the performances? You, you mentioned the thing about Margaret Qualley, but I, I think I already kind of rambled about the, all of them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think all the performances were, were really good overall. And that's the thing is I think the performances were good and I laughed. I just think that as, like, as a whole together, it just didn't come together for me. And that was my biggest issue. Like, I liked the movie enough. I'm, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just thought it was uh, more than just another movie, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, go see The Nice Guys. Like, we've seen a couple movies this year, like Green Room, Cloverfield, Deadpool, Civil War, where I'd be like, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, definitely go see it. I really recommend it. I just don't think it's in that, like, upper tier of movies that we've seen. And so I, I don't know, maybe that's it for me, but I thought the, it was nice to see Russell Crowe playing this part. He hasn't really done much like this before. And so I thought he was really good. And, and well, he, when was the last time he did anything that you actually had an interest in seeing in the first place? Uh, couldn't tell you, to be honest, <laughs> I don't have his IMDb page up and I can't think of. And then you did go see Man of Steel. Oh uh, God, almost. I forgot he's in that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Looking at it now, for me, I guess. Uh, it might have actually been a like, you. You saw Body of Lies. I never saw Body, I, of, Body of Lies. Is, is a good okay, movie. So, it's so eight years for me. It had been one more year. And it, it was American Gangster. Aside from that, like, he's I don't good think... in that too. But he, this is like a f- comedy, like old old guy getting a role playing a funny dude kind of thing. And I, I liked it. I thought he was really good. Um, like we said, Margaret Qualley was good. Uh, I love her in The Leftovers too. The little girl was really awesome. Uh, I think that the stuff they did with her was was funny. Some of it teetered on like kind of a little weird sometimes, and I know like that was sort of the point. But like, you know, she's from she's from Australia. Uh, so I did not know I, that. Yeah, so I don't know. Like maybe if she, I mean, she's like hasn't done a lot, so there's not a lot of information on her online. I was curious if it was like. She was one of the like because that's a thing. Like sometimes it says they're born somewhere, but then they grew up in America. But if she actually like lived in Australia to like to long enough to like actually she has an Australian accent, then like yeah. it's pretty damn good because like we like I've in the last couple of years we've seen some shoddy accent work from more experienced actresses. Um, and she like I, if you just told me she was from like Illinois or something, I would have been like okay, cool. So like she just she didn't like struggle with that at all. If she actually does have an Australian accent, I'm not sure if she does or not. But I just wanted to make note of that because it's pretty impressive she just seemed like a very convincing american teenager 
Yeah, for sure. And they had um, the dude, the Neil Caffrey guy from White Collar, playing sort of like a hitman in this movie. I don't know if I, I don't know if I really liked him as well. Well, I didn't. I, honestly, like I haven't. I don't think I've seen him really in anything. Okay, he's I, in Magic Mike, right? He's in both Magic Mikes. I haven't. I haven't rewatched the first one in a while. Um, that's something that like I'm assigning to you at some point when we get around to our podcast where we start assigning movies to each other. Yeah. I, he was really good in the second Magic Mike, and he was in the Normal Heart. It's Matt Bomer. It's his name. Yeah. I never actually watched White Collar. Uh, I mean, I guess you maybe you did some. Yeah, I watched White Collar um, until it became worse. It's kind of like House. It was super interesting at first, and then they just repetitive. Sort of repetitive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, based on what I know about that show, it seems like that guy is. And what I've, uh, what else I've seen Matt Boomer do, he seems like he's, he's more charismatic than what they let him be there. They and they build up that character throughout the movie a little bit to be a, um, yeah, that's the thing to, is he's, to be something more yeah, than he was. Exactly. And he's just very, he's very stone faced and doesn't really bring His, a whole lot once he gets on screen. Your description of him is how I feel about the movie. They build it up, they build it up, and then it was just like, oh, like that's it, and it should have been more charisma or whatever you want to call it. And, um, I, and I, I agree. Like I, I would probably prefer a movie that um, I just that wish has, it was has a tighter has a tighter yeah, plot, and yeah. if you can fit in like these characters, uh, really having some big uh, arc of how they what who they are as people, then like that's great. But I think I just like and if you're if you just look at it as like a balancing scale, I think I probably just enjoyed that build up enough more than you that it petered at, it petering out. However much it did didn't bother me, and I thought that last action sequence was uh, pretty well executed. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. At the same time, regardless of how you felt about the where they were in the plot at that point and how it was resolving things, like that was still pretty entertaining too. Yeah, um, and, and so we haven't talked about Gosling yet. I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. I thought that they just sort of had him do a little too many corny things, which was sort of a disappointment. Like the thing in the the bathroom scene uh, was a little corny, and some stuff well, the him just that in the falling, falling it's, off it's buildings not, and like not dying was a little like whatever i laughed at it. I yeah laughed i laughed at it. at it the first time and then it was i don't know he just was a little too out there for me sometimes because it wasn't like he was on drugs or there was really any like drug undertones to his character or the movie really he was just kind of stupid but like i i laughed at it i, I mean yeah. i guess uh, like the stuff with him and yaya da costa when when he's like hitting on her and stuff and it's just like well like she, this is clearly like a setup and she's giving you like, a fake briefcase and stuff like but like i bought that that character would be that like yeah okay it's that's like fine. i mean like think, think of the other comedic the other what are the other two comedic performances he's really done in his career it's crazy Which stupid love and it's the incredible big yeah, and like those, in both of those movies, he is like the smartest guy in the room, and um, and no, kind of knows everything going on. I mean, he is the over yeah, sure. the, the, the know it all narrator in the Big Short, but he's also like supremely confident and knows exactly what he's doing throughout all Crazy Stupid Love. And it was just fun because like I thought he inhabited a character that was really dumb very well, and like I bought that he would be doing those stupid. Yeah, things. no, no, I thought his performance was good. Something. I just wish that they had. I get it. It, it got brought, corny. It, brought it in a little bit more. That's but like he was really good in like more subtle moments where he wasn't doing that stuff. Yeah. Like he's so good with his face. Like he doesn't have to say a thing. There is the or he can say something that's like funny in the way he did. like there are two moments that really stand out to me which are smaller but like just because of how understated they were compared to the other physical stuff that he did that I really liked. The first being there's a scene at which they're at that um it's when they're when when they're I think it's at the beginning of the that party that is yeah uh, no no i don't think it's the porn party actually i think it's the beginning of the party that is the launching pad for the final action sequence sure sure someone says the car show uh, or whatever it is someone someone says uh can i get you anything they say no and then he says the drinks are free and then he gives a look and like 
the like and then it cuts away really fast but it gets such a big laugh because he's like it's such a convincing look based on what when you already know like what we know about him and his and his drinking problem, problem yeah. and his drinking and then just everything that look means is really good and then the last thing was that like in the end when they when when they when they kind of this isn't giving anything away to talk about it even though it's the last scene where uh Healy walks in and they're at this restaurant and he's like oh man is anything really better now and he said well, at least you're drinking again. Yeah. And he just says it in a way that's like so, it's so funny because he actually like legitimately like means it. Like he's just like, yeah, I mean, like it almost implied that he probably gave up drinking. Like Russell Crowe probably gave up drinking for very good reason. But Ryan Gosling sincerely believes that it's a good thing for him that he's drinking again. And he yeah. just says it in such a deadpan way. Yeah. And like, I, I just thought it was hilarious. So like, I can see why maybe the physical stuff became a little excessive and I can get why there's diminishing returns on that. I agree. The bathroom scene, like I still acted it a little bit, but like, that's another thing where it's like, I, you gotta, I mean, I guess I can see why they felt the need to put some of that stuff in the trailer. We probably go see that movie regardless, but I, I was listening to, uh, I guess I wasn't the, it was another movie podcast. I can't say which one, but they were talking about how, or might have just read about. I know I was reading a review this morning, and they were talking about just how amazing it was that movies like this get made because it's like it's a studio movie with a wide release, but it has like no connection to anything else, and it's like a mid-budget film. So it's like I guess I guess that they want to try and make their money back on it. And I don't know if they're going to. I don't think it did great at the box office, but it's like they're really trying to get people into the theaters because um, when you put an investment in a movie like this, where it's not like a like a small indie thing but it's also not like a big uh a big superhero thing like those are always risky these days it's unfortunate more movies like that don't happen but i guess they're just doing all they could to try and entice people into the theaters and that's why you end up putting some of your fun to yourself like what it's just like what's that i guess it's what sets this part movie apart from something like black mass is that like black mass literally put it's only two good scenes in trailers whereas like this movie put some of its best stuff in the trailer unfortunately but like there's still plenty of other funny stuff to make up for that. You're telling me Black Mass had two good scenes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it had the, the the secret family recipe scene and the um, – oh, actually, I don't even remember. Maybe yeah. one. Yeah. But I guess I, I couldn't – one, one good scene. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it, it, on it, but, like, I, I think I talked to you about this a little bit before. But before we finish up, like, I, I had said before that I thought that um, Ryan Gosling was my favorite actor working today. And I hadn't really, like – I had said that plenty of times, but I honestly think he might be the best right now. Um, I don't know if you have if you've really thought about that that much. If you have like someone you think is like the best actor currently working on a regular basis today, not like Daniel Day Lewis, someone that works like every five years. But yeah, like, no. do you have like an opinion on who you think is like the best actor right now? Because this, just seeing how he could do a separate, a totally separate type of comedy from those other two, plus like every other the wide range of other stuff he does for me, like it's probably him, and then a little bit of a gap. And then, and then Leo, and then after that, a little bit of a gap, and then Jake. If I had to give you like my top three oh, work today, because like because uh, we talked about it on the podcast before, like we both love Jake Gyllenhaal, but like he's so much he he's hasn't really been great in comedies, and I think that's what sets someone like Ryan Gosling apart from him is that Gosling's shown he can do both. Yeah, and I mean, I would I I think I would include Christian Bale in the category too, but okay, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm sorry to put you on the spot yeah, like that. But it's yeah, no, no, it's fine. I love questions like this. I just don't um, – I don't really know off the top of my head. I think you might have to include someone like Robert Downey Jr. in that conversation maybe because he's just been hit after hit after hit since like what, Tropic Thunder and Iron Man 1? That's he, a good one. He, I don't think he's like made like a – Well, he hasn't done movie. a lot of this. Like, I mean like – and that's his right and I've read some stuff about that because people want him to like – 
Well, he made the judge. Um, but yeah, I didn't also, see that. I, I don't know. I, I I I saw parts of it. I heard um, it looked boring as shit. It was like two and a half hours long. I wasn't gonna watch it. Yeah, but like people like have asked him about that. Like, are you gonna stop making Iron Man or not stop making Iron Man movies? Like, find time to like do other stuff and in in between, like like Chris Pratt's finding time to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. He's making Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence. He's gonna be in the Magnific- Magnificent Seven movie. Like, and Robert Downey Jr. is like, oh, I just don't really feel the need to. I've kind of been there, done that. And like, but like, I think he is so. He's like, it's an amazing thing he did in Tropic Thunder, and um, I guess he just hasn't really done a wide enough variety of things for me to like put him up there with Gosling for me personally but like that's a good one because like you know he has that capacity and he's still working on a regular basis like I was like I said I was trying to exclude someone like Daniel Day-Lewis like yeah. Christian Bale's a Christian Bale's a good one I'm trying to think like when he's been funny enough for me to like want to put him in that category I mean he you didn't uh, you didn't like him in Big Short but he was really funny in Big Short I, I thought some that. of the moments were funny, but like it was more because of like the situation he was in than like him just like straight up being funny. Like yeah. I, I, when I when I watched it again, like I he didn't bother me as much the the second time around, um, just because like I knew it was coming. and I was just able to like get through those scenes where he was banging on drums and stuff. But, like the scenes like when he's talking to the other investors, they're they're really really good. Or, or the they're, he's talking to the big banks. They're yeah, like, yeah, sure. Like good. And I guess he is funny, but. Um, it's no, like I a mean, very, he is, he is very, funny. Very he is funny. Of, it, I, I, very specific type of funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I think the only other movie I, I mean, American Psycho, he's funny in, which is, I mean, that movie's not super, so, I mean, it is funny, but it's sort of like a, the tone of the movie, you, you, it's not really a comedy, but it, it has a lot of funny moments. Otherwise, I mean, like Terminator and Public Enemies and Dark Knight and all the Batman stuff and fighter out of the furnace he's not funny in those movies so but i i don't know i think bale's good uh i love jake i might have to put jake over gosling i don't know they're both those guys are probably one too though jake and jake and gosling yeah i mean like if i mean if gosling hadn't done those those three different comedies because he's been better in any of those comedies than jake was in like loving other drugs or yeah i didn't like that movie very much what what other comedies has he done like bubble boy and uh it's good uh, I, I, I mean, that's fine. He doesn't have to go back and do them and everything. It's just like I've seen Gosling do this stuff more, and it's like, and like they both had the similar kind of run of just like almost everything they do for like the last like ten years, like being really good with like one miss kind of. And like I think like Gosling's miss might have been Gangster Squad, oh, while God, Jake's yeah. was while, while Jake's was like Prince of Persia, which I never saw, and I I didn't Don't even know existed until like a year ago. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like both had one, but it's just like but Gosling can like be. Like he can be captivating in a movie where he doesn't move his face, like drive, but then like be like so funny with just with his face in really yeah. in certain ways, like it was in the nice guys. But then like he can also do do like other stuff where he's like a like a total introvert and like Lars and the Real Girl. I don't know if you saw that. No. Like, that's on Amazon Prime. I think it's like really good actually. Have you ever and, seen Fracture? I think that came out yes. the same year. Fracture is a great movie, man. Yes, it's like a really solid flick. It's just like very simple like i think i i've only rewatched it like once since i was in high school it's but one like, of those ones where the plot is really cool to watch the first time and the second time it's just a little it's a little harder to enjoy because you know the i wonder if i wonder if it bother me now if like does any of the legal stuff in that kind I, of uh, i think it holds up on, yeah like no i think it's good i think it's That's, good. i haven't seen it since i've been in law since i oh yeah me either absolutely not since i started law school um same with the like uh the, the ides of march did you ever see oh, that yeah, i didn't like that movie oh you didn't no, no i thought it was solid He's I good. Thought, I, mean, I thought like, it was boring. Oh, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, 
I, he, I love like, drive I, though. I, I feel I feel pretty strongly about that right now. But I mean, I, I hopefully Jake can change my mind. He has like a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple of years, and maybe he can he can pull ahead. But I feel pretty strongly about Gosling right now. And I, I, what did you think when I said I put Leo a little behind him? Like I know you weren't huge on the Revenant, but I mean, your problems with it weren't necessarily him. Like, would you put him like because he doesn't work like quite as frequently as those other guys? Yeah. He's making a movie once every two years at this point, but like he's shown he can be funny in the wolf of wall street or in um uh uh django i guess that's a funny performance kind of <laughs> as disturbing as it is at the same time but i feel like uh a lot of his performances like i don't really have a strong desire to go watch the the uh great gatsby movie or j edgar or stuff like that a lot j. of those edgar and Ides of march are pretty similar staying movies in like me. very similar lanes um and like he wasn't really challenging himself for a little bit till he did go do Django. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess like Inception was like within that. Yeah, thing. I mean, you got to think like Inception, Departed, Catch Me If You Can, Aviator, Body of Lies, Shutter Island. Uh, it was a good run. Um, I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like I just Titanic, take, like, Romeo yeah, and like, Juliet. Yeah, I didn't know you felt <laughs> strongly about those two. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I, I feel. I just feel the feel the strongest of Gosling because of his range right now. Like, half Nelson, he's a drug addict, and he's, like, the, the suave dude in Crazy Stupid Love. Like, I can just... There's so many weird, like... Like I said, a driver, this. Like, there's just so many extremes that he can go to very convincingly. I feel like he's working on another level, but, like, I'm excited because uh, Jake has the... Um, that Nocturnal Animals one with um, Amy Adams, but then he also has the... Um, the new one with the guy that did Snowpiercer filming right now. Yeah. And then he has the, the Jewish gangster one with Fuqua and like, he has like so many potentially cool, so much potentially cool shit coming out in the next couple of years. That, like, I don't know. I just want to see where your, what your, what your thoughts were on that at the moment. That's cool. If you're a Jake, I can't even that strongly argue with it cause he's done so much good stuff the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, that was like the one tangent I want to go off of that. Yeah, like I no, knew that's fine. Talk for a little bit and, um, yeah, but no, no, no. I mean, uh, Josh like nice guys a little bit more than me. I, I mean, it's it's a good movie. I just don't think it's top tier. Uh, would you say that? Would you put it in the? Would you classify it with those movies I listed earlier, like Green Room and Cloverfield? And, and I put it. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to read off my list right now. I'm pretty sure I put it above Green Room. I don't know if I put it above Cloverfield. Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah that's I, way I, too I, high for me. I mean, I, I liked, I mean, I really like Green Room. It's just, I get more out of seeing a movie like this, I'd say. Um, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're all, like, within my top, like, six or seven this year. I just think I put um, this above it because uh, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed the experience that much, even if it wasn't the tightest plot. Yeah, um, yeah that's fine. Well, uh, um, yeah, so we're, uh, we'll be putting out this, and then we'll be talking about The Lobster later this week, and we'll put that out, and... Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at a clambake a k l a m b a k e, and I'm at Josh Renovoy j o s h j u r n o v o y. Yeah, podcast email is fifty two in fifty two pod at gmail dot com five two i n five two pod at gmail dot com. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time.